Welcome listeners to another inspiring season of the JMT Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tacarante, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey of exploration, growth, and transformation. In this season, season four, we're diving deep into a theme that resonates not only with the realm of businesses, but also within the very hearts of our communities, peace within your business and within your community. It's a season dedicated to unraveling the threads that connect inner harmony, successful enterprises, and the well-being of the societies we live in. Hey, y'all. Happy, happy, soon-to-be fall. This is Jacqueline Tecarante from JMT Media Podcast. We are in season four. And look, y'all, we have a huge, huge treat. Um, today's guest is an amazing, not only businesswoman, but also a community pillar. Um, many of y'all may know her. And if you don't, you will get to know this amazing human. I actually had an opportunity to sit, I was invited to actually sit on a conference, a digital conference called Native Women Lead. And I actually have the sticker on my laptop. And this conference was the first time ever in my life that I jumped on a Zoom and I had seen so many women that looked just like me. I had to actually take myself off of the Zoom because I was in sheer, full emotion. Um, so many of you, if you've been following the JMT Media podcast, you have read up or learned that I myself, uh, many, many years ago when my agency, JMT Media, was applying for our MWBE certificate, I found out that we were Native American. And so by many ways of God and just the stars aligning, I was asked to sit as a, a guest on this panel um, that was co-founded by this amazing woman. So I'm going to bring her on. Um, Steph, are you there? I'm here, Jacqueline. Thanks for the great introduction. Wow. I'm so, that. I'm so excited to have you on because, so first I'm just going to give folks a little bit, uh, whether you're listening in or tuning in, I'm going to read a little bit of information about your bio because I think it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so Steph Postan, she is the president and CEO with over 18 years of experience. She has a proven track record in executing highly effective communication strategies for a variety of tribal customers, including the Department of Interior, uh, Navajo Nation, New Mexico Indian Affairs Department, the National Indian Gaming Association, Pueblo Sandia, American Indian Graduate Center, and Americans for Indian Opportunity. Um, some of the much larger accolades that I think are really important to highlight. In 2019, Native Business Magazine listed her as the top 50 entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. In 2018, she was highlighted as the small business champion with SCORE. And she is also, in 2016, the New Mexico Woman of Influence. So if you don't know, now you know that Steph is just amazing. And I want to talk a little bit about just everything under the sun, because, you know, this season of season four of our podcast, one of the things that we talk a lot about is entrepreneurship. How do you get there? But then once you're there at the top, it's like maintaining that level of peace within your community, peace within your business to make sure that you can perform at the best to what your purpose is. And so part of your purpose, I, I feel, um, 
has been you being a co-founder of Native Women Lead. So can you talk a little bit about that organization and how it all came about? Oh, absolutely. So I just want to, Steph posted, and I'm actually coming to you from my tribal lands, the Pueblo of Sandia, which is Tiwa territory. It's a tribe immediately north of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was born and raised here at the Pueblo. All my family lives here. I have two sons, Marcus and John. So a little bit about me. Um, so thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited and um, super excited to talk to another Indigenous woman doing amazing things in the same space of marketing and public relations. So congratulations on all your accolades and all that you do um, and represent out there in, in, the, in, in the East Coast. So thank you for that. Thank you, of course. Um, so with Native Women Lead, um, it was really interesting. So we, I, I believe it was a summer of 2017, we were invited to a uh, international conference at um, a space here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so we were already feeling we were a last minute invite, an afterthought, as typically people don't even know Native people exist sometimes. We're very invisible, but that is changing. So we, uh, Vanessa Roan Horse, another one of the co-founders, pulled together a panel of Native women to attend this event. Um, so we were like tucked in the corner, could barely find our space, waited and waited, and nobody came to our class, <laughs> our panel. It was, oh no. Yeah. So she felt so bad because she knew all of us had crazy busy schedules, had set time aside, but that was like the pain that led us to our passion about if that's the case, we create our own table, we create our own spaces. And so from there, we were um, throwing around ideas about what could be next. And so the next thing was like, let's, uh, let's ask Native women what they want in this space that would help propel them in their entrepreneurial journey. So we had an elevate session and we got information from them. And it really was Amazing, well attended. We had like 70 plus participants telling us this is what we'd like to see. So we held our first conference in March of 2018, I believe. Okay. So three weeks out, I think we had sold 30 tickets. And I was like, oh my God, all this work. And we've only sold 30 we tickets. Do. Yeah. Very affordable though. We wanted to make sure it was affordable. But we, all of us tapped into our networks, sold out the conference, 300 plus women, we offered childcare, we offered wellness, we offered how to access capital, and we offered a loving space to really meet the needs of women. Because we know that when women show up, when they're not worried about the grocery bill, when they're not worried if their kids are at home safe or not, they show up so much different in the world. And so that was how everything started. We had our uh, next conference in 2019, 2020 was the pandemic. We shifted to the, um, the, uh, the, the virtual space very well. Um, and since then, we were also a part of one of the awardees for the Equity Can't Wait Challenge and to start like matriarch loan funds, based on character, not credit, and really give Native women access to capital. So that's kind of in a nutshell our journey, but super proud of the other, uh, there's eight co-founders who really have a passion to lifting the voice of Native women in the entrepreneurial space. You know, 
I just find it so fascinating. It's so true that in terms of just minorities or indigenous women in business, a lot of times, you know, you're told, well, if you're invited to the table, just, just stay quiet. You'll be fine. Just stay quiet. Don't make waves. And sometimes being invited to the table, you may not want to have a seat at that table. So mm -hmm. I love that Native Women Lead, y'all created your own table, your own space, because you knew exactly what your audience wanted and you weren't just going to accept any invitation to any table. And so I commend y'all for doing that because that's a, a huge feat and it takes a lot of courage. And I don't think that people have a true understanding um, because when I talk about entrepreneurship, I tell people there's two types of entrepreneurs that I think of. The first is someone that came from that generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Where someone, their their family members, their, their friends are all college educated and they're able to pass on that generational wealth, which is not a bad thing, but that's a type of entrepreneur. And then there's that like bootstrap entrepreneur that is starting from nothing, from buying their own post-its to their own pencils, to their own, you know, mugs, whatever the case may be. And so I don't think that people have an understanding that to start your own thing, to have your own table, that takes a lot of courage and a lot of tenacity, because I'm sure as with most things, no is always, there's always that no door. And sometimes you got to go around it, through it, under it, and you got to figure it out, you know? I always say like, even the answer no is just more information at the time. Yeah. So you just start to figure it out, as you said. Um, but yeah, there's certainly challenges here. Um, you know, being a native entrepreneur, and a lot of people don't realize that a lot of us who live on a reservation, yes, I have my home, but it is on trust land. So I cannot give that up as collateral to take a loan. So oh. it just keeps limiting, limiting, limiting. Um, and a lot of our folks, unfortunately, are a part of the um, predatory lending where they just get in the cycle of, of, of uh, these outrageous interest rates. Um, and so how do we provide those opportunities to really just that one word of encouragement, that a nugget of advice or information, um, that one time they were able to leave, uh, we have um, childcare at all our gatherings, you know, and, and really dig in and concentrate and engage in the information that's being provided can really shift somebody and really leapfrog them to the next level of what what they truly love. Sure. Now, speaking of love, you've been in marketing for almost two decades now. Can you talk about the how you got this love of marketing um, and just talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think, you know, you represent so many diverse types of clients. I think mm -hmm. um, our audience would love to hear that. Yeah, so um, I, I actually worked for the federal government. I worked for the Forest Service. In the, I was a public affairs officer, and I learned a lot. I really had some great mentors inside that space. It was, it was a lovely, lovely experience. Um, and then I came to work for my tribe um, as a tribal planner um, and eventually evolved to the uh, public um, affairs director. But I, depending on what issues we were facing, whether it was the reclamation of our sacred site, the Sandia Mountains, um, the fight for the Petroglyph National Monument, um, economic development fights. There, we were not telling our story. 
And so being able to work with tribal leadership to tell our story, to work with mainstream media so they know that we are not, that we're not only in the museums, that we actually are living humans that really want to do great things and can offer our greater community um, a lot of opportunity. So just uh, continuing to be a part of those conversations. And then, you know, once I decided to start my own business, um, I had smaller businesses call me, one of them being Sacred Power. And they did solar energy when solar energy wasn't cool. This was way back in the 90s before it became the thing. Um, and so it was just those people and those networks throughout that said, saw my talent, my skill. Um, and then I just never looked back. It just snowballed. And even though I'm in marketing and public relations, what's so important in Indian country is um, your word, your reputation. Mm. And so it's more that I get um, clients or work based on a referral or repeat customers. So yeah. I've been very blessed and very fortunate in that um, to have that opportunity. You know, there was um, a book that I was just referencing. The title is is not coming to me, but I'll make sure I put it in the comments when the episode airs. Uh, but essentially, it's about the four non-negotiables. And one of them is the power of your word um, in terms of what you say you're going to do and not do. You have to follow through with it. And that's just not for business, but also in your personal life to help give you that fulfillment um, and to bring all your passions kind of at the forefront of everything that you do. And so you're absolutely right. Your word is your bond and your reputation is your bond. And, you know, being here in New York City, you see a lot of promises all day, every day. Promises on TV, promises with developers, promises with small businesses. And nobody really wants to talk about it, but in the back of their minds, they're like, oh, I can't trust that person. I can't work with them. And so it, it actually touches base on one of our um, episodes for this season. I was just mentioning it to someone that not every prospective client um, is the right client for you. And a part of it is because if I know that you've said one thing and it's been different, well, now I can't work with you because that's not where my chakras are aligned in terms of my place of peace for my business. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of where like our mission lies in terms of like working with specific types of clients, et cetera. Um, but you've been doing this for, like I said, almost two decades and mm -hmm. you've had a stellar reputation and one of the things that I love is that you are constantly putting out resources um, to so many women, whether, and men also, um, whether they're a client or not. And I think that that's a huge basis of really being committed to your community. And so can you talk about like where you learned that from? Because in times of business and in entrepreneurship, sometimes you're told like, hold on to the resources you have. But I come from the same book of like, share as much as you can with the communities that you want to thrive in the communities that you live in. Um, it's really working on our scarcity mentality. Like there's enough to go around. Oh and yeah. That we really come from a space of abundance and the abundance and wealth doesn't necessarily mean what's reflected in your bank account. It's like, you know, I have health. I have two healthy sons. I have my mother, I have family, I have community, I have um, culture, I, ha I am wealthy in those areas. And that's 
um, it just feels good to me and right to me. And so if you're if you're coming from the space of gratitude and being thankful, it just flips something about you. And the whole thing about being like reciprocating, right? When somebody's gifted you something, I mean, it's our responsibility to to share that back out. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. And so I just remember on, you know, as a young girl to my grandparents who um you know, things were tight and tough, but any guest who ever visited them, what they made sure they sat down for the coffee that might have been a little old or like grandma opened up her can of peaches, make sure she gave something. Yeah. And not because you want something in return. It's just being a good relative. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think a, a lot of our viewers and listeners can can definitely relate to that um, for sure because you know whatever you have you can share it tenfold um, even if it's a little so and gratitude can go a long long way um, can you talk to us a little bit about like what does where do you see the future of your business and you know what types of projects are you trying to to grow and get into to help your community yeah, no. Um, so for a long time, I've been trying to grow my footprint in federal government contracting. And it's actually come in a different way. I mean, I've been, you know, I, I'm in the federal government contracting system in SAMS. I'm HUBZone. I'm woman-owned certified. Uh, but where it came through was during the pandemic, right? And it was through the FEMA dollars and for the 988 campaign to get 988 is the crisis hotline that anybody can call anywhere in the country for some mental wellness support. Oh. Um, and so we were able to get that number. We did a COVID-19 crisis hotline. Now we're doing the 988 number. And so that's funding that came through the state that I was able, um, people were looking for that high touch uh, communication during the pandemic because Tribes were literally, there's 23 tribes in our state, including one of the largest tribes in the country, the Navajo Nation. Um, so they were literally shut down. And so we had to use our networks to really communicate with the tribes, the tribal leaders, the community health representatives to get them collateral material and toolkits to access these mental health resources during the pandemic. And just zeroing in, focusing and knowing that's what our community needed just open the door for so many more opportunities. And so while it's not like um, a direct FEMA contract that comes through them to our state, that's that's just another blessing. You, you, when you're open, things come in different ways that you wouldn't expect. And it's just overwhelming sometimes. It just oh, blows my mind. I think, um, you know, as we talk about having a place of peace within your home and within your community, the fact that you're able to share resources and especially mental health resources to those 23 tribes and the communities, that speaks volume stuff because I don't know anybody else that could do that. Um, you know, even when I had found out that I was Native American, the easiest way that I could describe this, people were like, oh, what tribe are you from? I'm like, actually, our tribe no longer exists. It was La Pan Apache. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, can't you just, you know, go to Navajo or Cherokee? I'm like, no, it's like the easiest way I could explain it is like, if you are trying to get adopted, not everybody wants to adopt a brand new kid, you know? 
And so you've been able to tap into your culture and your community to share those resources um, mm -hmm. because mental health, just like racism, just like poverty, it doesn't know anything in terms of color. It's all about making sure that all communities have access. And so you've been able to really be a pioneer, especially during a time when the world was shut down, the world was completely yeah. shut down. And so I don't, I know that you get a lot of kudos in New Mexico and beyond, but I just want you to know, I see you, I follow you on Instagram, social media, Facebook, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, this woman is amazing. So um, now before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. Um, what are all of our guests I've been asking them, what are two pieces of advice that you would give to young entrepreneurs, um, especially women entrepreneurs? If you, the first thing, if you see somebody else doing what you're curious about, go ask. Hmm. You'd be surprised. Like people are so happy that you've asked them, like, how did you go about that contract or who should I contact or would you be willing to be my mentor or help me along? You know, advocating for yourself. And the second thing is it's okay to be, you know, out there and assertive, but rest is so important. You know, if, if, if we're not rested, we cannot um, give to others a way that, um, and we can't fulfill our assignments here on, on earth. So we, we, we've got to rest. You just hit the nail on the head on so many things. I like that rest. Because a lot of times there's that hustle mentality of go, 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 get the new contract, get the new clients. And then you realize, oh wait, that hustle mentality that's causing me to have anxiety. That's causing me not to sleep well. That's causing me not to be fully present because I'm completely exhausted. So I'm so grateful that you said that. Actually, none of our guests have said that, um, that it's so true. You have to have a moment of rest and clarity before you can move on to service others. So, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. I love it. No, and, and so many cultures equate rest to being lazy and we have to flip that narrative because rest is, I mean, I mean, everything requires rest. There's day and there's night for rest. There's, um, you know, it'll start to be uh, very quiet during the fall and winter. Things are resting. So it's just natural to need rest. I love that. I love that. Well, we will make sure that we put all your information down below in our comments, um, because I think our viewers and listeners can learn so much about you. Um, and so I am so grateful and proud that we were able to connect many, many moons ago, unfortunately, during the one of the darkest hours of American history during the pandemic. But I'm grateful that we were able to reconnect and Thank you so, so very much, Steph. I appreciate it. Keep shining, Jacqueline. I, I try. I try. And for those of you that are tuning in, make sure that you continue to follow JMT Media Podcast Season 4. We have a lot of amazing episodes geared up for y'all to learn about having a place of peace in your business and in your home and in your life so you can fulfill your purpose.
Thanks so much, y'all. Bye.